Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, because yeah, it, it, like you said, it's confusing for people. Yeah, and then and then what you have is you have this young person that was trying to worship the Lord, and what did that do to them? Blindsided. Yeah, yeah. and, and then who, what did that do to them? Yeah, and who knows, you know, yeah. the months or years after what kind of what that did that to them. Yeah, yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, yeah. I, I, because I have stories of people that experienced that and just what it did to them. We have a, I, I told this story last Sunday of a woman that I called Nancy, just so that her name wasn't out there. And um, she grew up in the um, Church of Christ, uh, non-instrumental. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you guys are aware of them, but it's a very, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's very conservative. Like this is the real church conservative. Right. And uh, uh, King James yeah, King is James. the word of God. Oh, Women's no. skirt to the ankles yes. kind of thing. Yes. And, um, and so she grew up in that church. She She's older. So she grew up in a time period when it was like they were full on. We're the only church. And uh, she she met she met her partner. I don't, I don't know how old she was. I can't remember. But she fell in love with a, another woman. Okay. And was like, oh, this is bad. You know, and, you know, it was the whole, God, I can't be gay. I need you to take this away from me, Aww. please. I don't want to do this or whatever. And, um, um, 30 years, her church kicked her out and she wandered for 30 years. Wow. Um, she said it was her spiritual wilderness, thinking that God hated her, oh, worrying about what was coming next, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. And then she finally just said, I just missed Jesus and I wanted him back. And so she found a space. Um, it wasn't ours. She's part of our deconstruction groups, but um, she's in another space here in town and finding faith again and healing and learning and all that stuff. And, sure. But 30 years, 30 years lost. Yeah. yeah. I think like we've been in plenty of churches that um, say family, 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 community, oh, like you're part of our community. But every time we've left, we're just forgotten. And I think and like luckily for us, that's been um uh, like we're okay, but sure. I feel bad for yeah. people who don't have that like support system. Like we have each other, and we know other people who support us, and we know we're not we don't feel abandoned at this point. Like it's happened to us so many times. It's almost expected. Yeah, yeah, point. it's almost expected. But I feel bad for people who don't or haven't experienced that before, um, at all, or maybe they have. But th- th- I feel bad for those type of people. Well, and I think me being a worship leader for as long as I have, I've. I also realized before I even deconstructed that I am very disposable, that <laughs> I, I could be there for my talents. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as soon as someone cheaper or more talented came along, boom, I'm out, you know? So I had already kind of learned that lesson for a while yeah. in the church world. And then once it came more about like the deconstruction and theology, it's like, oh yeah, this translates. I mean, the first time yeah. I felt like totally just kind of like kicked, like forgotten, it stung, it hurt. <laughs> but at this point in our life, I think, yeah, like you said, it's expected, which is sad. And it's and it's interesting because where we're at, you know, we're a good two hours from you. Yeah. And I don't know of any churches in our area that even mm-hmm. remotely come close to what you guys are doing. No. So what that means for us oh, is yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, what does someone like us do? You know, yeah. there's not a physical location that we could jump into. Now, I will say – I think we're going to be okay, you know, mm-hmm. but like you said, there are people out there who, yeah. who maybe aren't at that spot yet. Yes. And, you know, it's it's very tough to try to guide people in that space because I, I don't even know what to do, you know. Well, I feel like that's why the, like, it's once you get past the 
like if you grew up in church, it doesn't have to be a Sunday morning like yeah. tradition because sure. you have to get past it that. Yeah, it doesn't have to be this thing here. No. Yeah. And I think once you do get past that, I think sp- like podcasts and different people like just sharing on TikTok and sure. things like that is so good. And it's so cool that we live in an age, like a time. We can do that. Yes. Right. Because I can't imagine... Yeah, going through it any other time. Yeah, I do agree with that, but I do think there's something special about like no, bodies, I agree. you know, yeah, like yeah, just yeah. oh, yeah. getting coffee with somebody, hanging out with a group of people who maybe don't have the exact same idea about everything, but are heading in the same direction. Yeah, you know, you know I think uh, yes, I think one of the things like uh, I'm a sh- I'm assuming you're aware of like um, New Evangelicals. Uh, no, the New so. Evangelicals. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I'm gonna turn you on to it. <laughs> okay. So it's a podcast. Okay. That. Started like this huge Facebook group. Um, I'll send it to you. Cool. They do. They do a lot of work with um, um, Christian nationalism. So that's kind of like what's developed into like their big focus. Sure. Um, but he was just a he was a worship leader like you, and started seeing stuff and was like, "This is really problematic." Started a podcast to kind of talk about it. Ended up getting kicked out of his church because they said, "You got to quit this." Or, yeah, same same <laughs> story. Just happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So it's the same story. Um, and they've they have been able to create like this network through Facebook where, um, you know, then like some people are stepping up to like create smaller ones within cool. certain states. Oh, that's great. Um, so you know, with the advent of like social media and the ability to do that, um, I, I think it's easier than ever for people to find. Yes. You know, like, hey, I'm here in Gainesville. Um, is there anybody else close? Yeah. You know, I'm in, I can't remember. Lakeland. Lakeland. Yeah, Lakeland. <laughs> uh, is there anybody close? You know, right. where yeah. they can, like you said, where it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be Sunday morning. It doesn't have to be a sermon. It yeah. literally can be coffee, or beer, dinner. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, where you can create a new community. Right. Yeah. And right. that's what we tell people here. Like that's not they're Maybe they're not quite ready for this. Um, find people. Sure. Go to, there's, there's lots of places to just sit and share your stories. And yeah. And I think, you know, like, I guess modern evangelical churches don't think that way and don't promote that. Like even like, you know, you know, you have to come to the building. Like there's this really oh, focus yes. on, you know, on, I guess, tradition or just like the space itself. Well, and there's like so much shame and guilt attached when you don't fall into that. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, brother, you missed two Sundays in a row. Like we need to have a to talk about your heart. Yes. You know? like, <laughs> Can I just tell you are. that was on our list? <laughs> that was on our list of like things we hated. Yes. So so we got rid of like we don't count. We don't. I, if you ask me what we average, I have no clue. <laughs> right. I, I know like roughly like I could tell you because we know how many seats are in the auditorium, sure. but uh, I have no idea what our average is. Right. Um, and then we we told people um, we want you to be engaged with what we're trying to do in the city, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean you have to be here every week. Sure, you know. Um, yeah. And so, like one of the things that we did was because we live here in the land of vacation, right? Yeah. right. <laughs> We're yeah. an hour and a half from one coast, hour and a half from the other, roughly. We're just north of Orlando and Disney. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then and then during football season, we got the Gators yeah. and all the stuff mm-hmm. and, you know, all the things. Everything's right here. Right. You know, just within just a few hours drive. And so 
we have families that love to do stuff, especially when summer's coming up and, you know, the three-day weekends and the holiday weekends. So what we said was, hey, let's relieve that pressure as much as we possibly can. And so we do on those weekends, we've already got it all mapped out throughout the entire year. Um, we do online only services. And so that way, yeah. yeah so that way, if you're a volunteer, um, there's always that little bit of guilt. Well, we're going out of town, but it, are you going to be able to find anybody? It's not like we're a huge group of people. Yeah. Right. I mean, we might average, we're under 100. Right. So it's like 75, I'm guessing. I don't right. know. So, <laughs> so they're going to be worried. Okay, well, if I leave and it's a yeah. holiday weekend, there's not going to be a ton of people anyway. Who's going to do this? Sure. And there's yeah. always that that little bit of guilt that they're carrying with them. And so we were just like, there's no guilt because there's nothing here. Right. <laughs> yeah. And now some people still get together and they'll watch That's the cool. service or not watch the service, but they'll go to brunch or yeah, they'll hang cool. out or they'll sleep in or they'll go whatever. Right. But that doesn't, it, that doesn't dictate your attendance does not dictate your spirituality or the amount yes. of engagement that you have in the mission that we have the city, which mm -hmm. is just to make this place better. Sure. Yeah. You know, so that was one of the things that we hated. Like, right. no, there's just, this is stupid. Yeah. And, and I hate it because <laughs> I've been on the, um, I, I don't know if I want to say professional or like paid side of ministry for a long yeah. time. So like volunteering wasn't really a thing like it was always just you know we show up and do your job which yeah. holds yes. a whole other yes. context of like what that means but you know using language like well this is your service to the lord you know greeting people at the door <laughs> is it it's it's not it's not feeding the homeless it's not yeah. you know helping orphans it's it's handing out brochures at the front door on a sunday morning and i'm just like <laughs> you know and here's the thing like it can be part of that right like yeah. like realistically uh, it can be one little aspect of it, but I think where it went to an unhealthy extreme is like, no, 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 this is that's it, this is it. <laughs> Your service to the right. Lord, right. you know, and yeah. and it's expected of you. Right. You know, worship an hour, stay an hour. You know, work an hour, or right. whatever whatever that becomes. And if you want to do that, that's fine. You know, if that's the system as part of it, and and your family enjoys it, great. Right. But that's not for everybody. But when it when it becomes a part of like. When shame and guilt oh, start to 100%. become a part of it, it's, like, it's just gross. 100%. But it's like, it's it's interesting, and I'll kind of segue, like, I, you know, I assume we all just kind of grew up in the evangelical mm -hmm. space, right? Um, and so I think a lot of those things we've been talking about are attached to that. Um, it is interesting, though, once you get outside of that, you know, we've worked for a Presbyterian church, mm -hmm. we've worked for a couple Methodist churches, and some of these things carry over, but not all of these things mm -hmm. carry yeah. over and i've and i've noticed now the presbyterians um i am very far from calvinism uh it's just not my cup of tea theologically i just have not landed in that space at all um obviously the presbyterians are really big in that and i think that was kind of for me a dividing line just theologically mm -hmm. but i actually do love like the the work they put into social programs and they're not so evangelical with yeah. like this is your service brother and some people might see this as a negative they don't for the most part and the methodists are in this group too they don't care about like what happens up on a stage like mm -hmm. the professionalism of like worship. This is the worship leader part of me coming out. They don't care. Yeah. Like they will not spend $80,000 on lights for an Easter service because they don't care. Um, so it is very interesting to me to see like once you get out of the evangelical spaces, how other let's call them Jesus groups yep. are um, 
connecting the gospel and, and service and what that looks like. And it is very different, I think, once you get outside of the evangelical world. I mean, when she got married, when we got married, um, I had just taken a position for a Methodist church leading worship there. <laughs> what, what did your people at your home church say? Oh, I don't remember, but they were very like against it very against it they're going to lead you astray yeah yeah very against it and which was like shocking to me but then you almost feel yeah a little bad at first like when i mean this was a totally different time but um yeah i felt like like i think a lot of evangelicals think like i literally was trained to believe that we had the best perspective of god and like and the bible and all the things like we're the best we're the best denomination i grew up church of god a church of my god we know everything that's really how it was. That's really how it was, and it's which is bizarre. It's but funny because it, it's very like, not to diss on like people who are Catholics, but like it's very a Catholic way of thinking. Like we have the only corner on the market here. Like, yeah, the the church I grew up in was the same way. And when I when I picked the got accepted into a Christian college to study to be a pastor, like you know ministry school, uh, my pastor growing up was angry. That I wasn't going to the denominational school because this other Christian school would lead me astray, which is why I said lead me astray. Because he said that they will lead you astray. And I was just like, but I'm going to study the Bible to be a pastor. What do you mean lead me astray? (laughs) And I wonder like if (laughs) we dug deeper into that, like, do you believe all those people are going to hell? Yeah, it's really interesting. Like, I wonder if we dug into that question, like what the answer, well, well, no, but yeah, like you I could see them getting put in a corner real quick on like, well, what does that mean that just because they believe or practice a little differently, uh, does that mean they're like wrong or is it just a different angle at the same thing? That was another one of those big red flags for me. Like one of the things that just built upon, I was like, why don't like they believe in Jesus? Why is it like, why are they so scared of like what's going to happen when I attend that, like go to that place? (laughs) So that was another yeah, I mean, I, I'm just big, and I and I probably harp on this way too much, but like uh, manipulation and control, yep. through through a systematic lens, yep. is like the thing I will constantly harp on. Because, like I said, if I think about anything, like why does the church do this? Why is this happening? Why don't we stand up for these? It all comes back to me to there are systems in place that thrive when they have control, Yep. when they're able to manipulate. Mm-hmm. For them to do that, they have to convince all those people who are in or wanting to get in that they have the corner on the market. Because if they have the ultimate spiritual authority, now they have the ability to control, manipulate, and do whatever they need to do to stay in power. Which is what you were talking about with like service. Right. And tithing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all of those things play into that. Yeah. And and you know what's ironic? Because when when we first set out to do this, like we we felt exactly like you two do. Like going through it, we almost quit the church. We didn't, but it was like, okay, if we feel like this and like we're bought in, like spend our entire adult lives doing this. Yeah. And if we feel this way, there has to be other people too. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. And um so when we started uh, talking, like we w- talking about things, we got some pushback from others saying, you're undermining the their trust in the church. These people are trying to understand if they can trust the church or not, and you're undermining it by talking bad about it. And I didn't see it that way. I didn't see mm-hmm. – I'm not talking bad about it. I'm just pointing out the things that the church is doing wrong and yeah. saying we can't do this anymore. Sure. And what what we found, though, is that people it didn't undermine their trust in the church like it exposed 
it validated what they had already experienced sure. in their own you know journey. Like they, everybody that sits in this building on Sundays or watches on the stream, ha- all of us have been through that ringer. Sure. Everybody here. Um, so we were validating their experience and saying, no, 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 that was real. That wasn't you. That was the church. They yeah. were wrong. But it didn't inva- it didn't invalidate their trust. If anything, it helped them learn to trust because um, people always come in very wary, rightfully so. Yeah. I, I saw your TikTok. Are you really who you say you are? <laughs> sure, sure. And so, you know, we don't ask people to serve. We don't ask people to tithe. Sure. We don't ask people to do any of those things, especially when they first start. Right. You know what I mean? None of that. Well, we don't ask people to tithe anyway. Um, but everybody that walks in here is like, Burnt, so it takes time to trust. But it's like once we named those things and got rid of those things, people people were just freed to be here. Sure, mm-hmm. they were just there's there's no there's no shame. There's no none of that stuff. You know, if if I I always reach out, I do reach out to people if we notice. Hey, I haven't seen so and so in a while. Or I haven't talked to so and so, and we're small enough that we talk to everybody all the time. Sure. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm always like, hey, this is not an attendance check. You know, and she's right. like, hey, don't be a jerk. It's not an attendance check. I, I'm just checking in on you. Like, sure. is everything cool? Like, right. do you do you need anything? Right. But I think it's because we've built that trust with people that yeah. I'm saying, hey, whether you're here or not, that's fine. Right. I'm just making sure you're okay because I haven't heard from you in a minute. Sure. You know, stuff like that. But once we released people of all of that, like, what we found was that people show up on their own. Right. Yeah. They show up on their own. When we talk about things that actually matter to people, they engage with it. When they yeah. see us out in the in the city doing stuff and we're getting ready next month, we got our first project with Rebuild where we're going to be helping renovate low-income homes. Oh, cool. You know, when they, they see that, they want to go to that stuff. Sure. You know, when we tell them, hey, tithing's not a thing. <laughs> we're a 501c3. Right, we're non for profit that yeah. has to run on 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 donations. So if what we're doing is bringing health to the city and to you, invest in that. If not, invest in something that's doing that. Sure, you know. Yeah. But when when you when you just get rid of all of those systems of control, you find that you don't have to. Sure, mm-hmm. because they're adults and they're going to make their decisions. And if they see it's good, they want to be a part of it. And it's been so good. Right, that's awesome. right. it's been so good. I think one of the things that the the church misses, and this is like to their detriment, I don't think they realize how liberated and effective people become when they really experience freedom. Yeah, one hundred percent. You free people, and they will blow your expectations almost every time, and they'll become something bigger than maybe they even thought. Yeah. Um, when we were pastoring that church in Newport Ritchie, very low income area, um, you know, we weren't bringing in a in a ton of uh, income as far yeah. as giving and tithings and things like that. Uh, I preached a message, uh, probably similar to yours, uh, in my view, debunking the tithe. Yep. Uh, why I don't believe in it. You probably yeah. said the whole thing, and I know they've seen it too, so uh, I don't want to retread that. But what was so funny is after that, and and I ended it with saying, but we do believe in giving, not just yeah, yeah. to the church, but like- yeah, yeah. Generosity. Yeah just, yeah, just a lifestyle. I think if we're really Jesus people- giving should just be a part of who we are. Mm-hmm. Now, that could mean just putting $20 in in a college student's gas tank cuz they don't know, you know, or buying them a pizza or or that could manifest in a billion different yep. ways. But just as a core idea of somebody who says I subscribe to the life and being of Jesus, giving should just be a part of who we are. Just 
just because. What was funny about that is we took in like triple or quadruple <laughs> that day in, in in giving than we ever had before. And it was so funny. It's because I ripped away the we ripped away the guilt, the shame, uh, the legality yeah. of the tithe and all that. And people are just like, man, I just I want to give because I feel like I'm being fed here. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, and that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. It's like, man, it's so funny what happens when you just get rid of all that junk and let people be free, you know? And we and to use churchy like lingo, like gotta be cheerful givers. Well, you know what makes people cheerful about giving? Ripping all the guilt and shame away from it. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's funny because if we're gonna get churchy here, uh, I, I mean, it was right there. It's right there in the red. Right. <laughs> Jesus literally said that, right? He talked about if you have a good eye or bad eye. Right, right, right. And it's your worldview. If you have a good eye, it's a healthy eye. Right. You, if you have a generous eye, if you dive into the Greek, then you treat the world generously. Sure. If you have an unhealthy eye or bad eye, it's actually the word stingy. If you if you have a stingy eye or worldview, then you're going to treat the world that way. Right. And it's like these systems of control force people into that stingy eye, right? right. Like because it is, it's a it's a it's a system of control. Mm -hmm. Some people thrive in that and they love it and they live there for the rest of their lives. Great, more power to you. Sure. I, I think a lot of us don't, can't, right. yeah. won't. Uh, and then it's like, well, when you pull back that curtain and you're like, look, here's a good view. Like, here's the good eye. Sure. Just, you know, you're yeah. going to, you can treat the world generously. And, right. and and it's the same thing, man. Like when you pull that away or you rip that Band-Aid off or however you want right, right. to, you give people, people permission to, not that they need it, but, you know, when you say, yeah, no, it is this way. You're right. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> you mean I can... I can just do this or not do this. And right. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've, you may have heard of them. Have you checked out the podcast? You have permission? No. Oh, you should check them out. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know how. You have permission. It, it is faith-based, but I don't know how much that matters to them. I, I, it's it's kind of weird. You'd have to listen to a couple episodes. But basically, almost every episode is, is talking about, like, you have permission to ask questions. You have permission yep. to... Uh, question things that the church is doing or bad faith and all, and all that stuff. So it's a really cool uh, podcast, but they were talking about that. Like you have permission not to give your money to a church. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. And Jesus will not be angry at you. I promise. Yeah. Yep. That's him. Okay. Yeah. They're really cool. You should check it out. I'm um, going to. Not every episode is a winner, but I guess that's true with yeah, every podcast, but it yeah, is yeah. good. Like you, yeah. you rummage through it. It's good stuff. But um, what would you say? Do you think there's a point, and I think we just have to distinguish for like listeners here, when we say the church, like I think we are talking about a couple different things. Uh, one way to view the church is the systematic, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's denominational, whether it's just leadership, the systematic church. But then the other side of the church is what I think biblically is a lot more accurate is just the people, mm -hmm. right? Um, systematically speaking, is there a point where churches aren't churches anymore? Like, are, are we able to make that definition? Because I feel like what a lot of people are scared of, and I've even tiptoed around this, saying like that church. Now, mm -hmm. we're not talking about the people who attend there. We're just talking about the systematic umbrella that is that, that church, church is unhealthy. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are really afraid to do that and say, well, my church or that church I attended is unhealthy because, and this is a little bit more of that evangelical guilt that I'm maybe still working <laughs> through. You can't talk bad about the church. Oh, can't say anything yeah, bad yeah, about yeah, the yeah. church. Now, once again, on a biblical 
uh, line, I do think the church being the people is sacred. Personally, that's how I feel. But when we start talking about the systematic, the that's when I'm like, this is not sacred. This is something we built. And actually, if you want to get uh, technical with it, what we have today hardly resembles yeah, yeah. the biblical church that we understand, at least in the book of Acts and things like yeah. that. So um, is there a point where a church systematically isn't a church anymore, where it has less to do with Jesus uh, than it has oh, to do with Jesus? Yeah, dude. I, I think, yeah. I think that's why... I think we're that's why we're in what we're in right now. You've got record numbers of people leaving the organization and I would say most trying to find faith yeah. and they can't find it in those spaces. Right. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, you know, I I I'm uh I I bounce back and forth between my cynicism and my hope, you know, like I I I'm I'm working to try to get to that if we're going to go back to that faith after doubt thing, I'm I'm trying to reach harmony, and and in some ways I'm I'm there with some things, but I'm still like in this really perplexity kind of stage where there's a lot of cynicism, and so there are days where I'm just like, nope, let's just grab that gasoline and give me a match and just <laughs> burn the whole thing down, yeah. you know, yeah. and what survives survives, great, you know, right. Um, and on the other hand, I'm like, no, but I can't invalidate experiences that I had even in, you know, where I felt like God moved, even in an unhealthy place. That's not to say that we need to keep those things. Yeah. Um, I just say – I say all of that because, like, I, I feel like – and I'm a pastor that pastors a church, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. um, but I feel like so much of the American church just needs to go away. Yeah. Just so mm-hmm. much, like the institution itself, yeah. and I, I think I, I, I have. This is a hot take. Sure, that's not really a hot take. I have an issue with things like mega churches. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I think I think we should. I think a lot of things that we do are based upon like market, free market capitalism, sure. where. Yeah, we're like the boomers wanted the big box stores and they wanted big box churches. Right. Um, And then, you know, Gen X came along and, you know, we walked away and then we raised millennials who walked away more and the millennials raised Gen Zs that are walking away like crazy. Right. You know, um, I think if we would focus more on things like um, smaller neighborhood-based, community-based churches, um, I think that you would see a lot more health. Mm-hmm. I would see, I think that you would see, I, I don't think that you would see a lot of the systematic harm that's taking place. You, you'll still find it because sure. anytime sure. you have people able to be in control or, you know, right. quote unquote, in control of something, you're yeah. going to find people that are going to abuse it and they will use religion to abuse it. Um, you're always going to have that. But I think that you would have it on on a, a, a much smaller scale. So it's not happening to so many people at once. You know, it's not a Mars Hill sure. that has these far reaching implications. And then they, then they replatform the Jack wagon and he keeps saying this, the most asinine things ever right. uh, in his new church in Arizona. Um, yeah. I, I don't think that you, you'll have that because right. you're, you're not the, to to get away from the celebrity church and the celebrity pastor church sure. to just that stuff that needs to be burned and just never to be seen again. Sure. Um, and if we could get away from some of that, because I think that's the root of what you're 
to, to me, what you're talking about is it's just this, you know, it's this Hillsong, um, stuff like that needs to go. Sure. It, I, I think, I think when you're talking about when a church stops being the church, I think when, <laughs> I think if you can afford the same things that movie stars are ro- ro- rolling in and, you know, if you're, if your shoes are the same as Justin Bieber's, I think there's a real issue. So you're saying you have an issue with Kenneth Copeland having like four jets <laughs> for <laughs> yes. the record you're saying. That. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, but, but all of that, like American evangelicalism, that's the bigger and the better and sure. you know, the $80,000 light system. Come on. Are you yeah. serious? But, but yeah. think about what all that's rooted in. Like, we we say we can have that. And by the way, I can see why it's infectious because if you get a pastor up there who's dressed in the nines and got the, the Yeezys on, like how much are those? Like three grand or something like that now. Yeah, yeah. I, I get anymore. it. Not anymore. Right. <laughs> Ever since. Yeah. Um, but you have this um, image of wealth and just to use the word prosperity. Yep. And that's what they're pushing out. Look at me. You could have this. It's almost like uh, mimetic theory is what it is. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever read anything on mimetic theory, Mm-mm. but basically it states that, um, and the, it's used in marketing like crazy. So basically it's like, I'm I'm going to mimic something or someone that I think is slightly better or more affluent or more athletic than me, which is why they do that. They don't advertise products, they advertise lifestyles. Sure. So somebody's driving a car, it's Matthew McConaughey and he's got on a nice suit, but it's not, you know, open collar right, and he's right, just, right. you know he's freaking cool. Right. I want to be like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And all subconsciously. Right. And then, so I'm going to buy that car. Sure. I'm going to buy that watch. I'm going to wear that cologne. Right. Because mm-hmm. I want to be that thing. Right. And, and the church is no differently it is yeah. no different. So you bring up a charismatic leader, a charismatic worship pastor, a charismatic uh, youth leader. Right. And they can, they can rile the crowd up and then all of a sudden chord change Jesus happens sure. and the Holy Spirit shows up. And right. it's just because the lights yeah. came up and I got goosebumps. Ooh, that's God, you know, but it's just like, well, I want to be that person. You sure. know, and so the, all of a sudden now you have the this lingo that's happening within a church. You've got your own verbiage and sure. stuff, and uh, yeah. we, you know we, we abide. You know, and 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 it's all mimetic theory. It's all like I'm pursuing this thing, and churches use that like right. Well, what I think really it gets effectively dangerous is that we by we I mean the, the people who do this pitch it as if this is God's call for your life. Yes, actually, the reason. You can't pay your bills or don't drive the Lincoln and look like Matthew McConaughey is because you actually haven't stepped into God's prosperity and plan for your life. So come here every Sunday, watch somebody who has and go on this journey because we want to bring you into that land of prosperity. I mean, to me, like that's kind of the really yucky bits of the prosperity gospel. It isn't so much that people can have wealth because we live in, like you said, a a capitalist society. Some people are going to be rich. Some people aren't like, that's just part of the outside of religion. That's just part of the 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 game we're all playing. Um, So that's going to happen regardless. What's gross is when we start attaching Jesus to To it it. and we tell people, well, the reason they're prosperous is because that was them stepping into what God had for their life. And that's why you should be a part of this as well. Yeah. So my my parents uh, have been in Haiti for almost 30 years now, I think. And yeah, uh, medical clinics and uh, nutrition programs and schools and and the, the it's all in one location so the school the medical clinic the nutrition and and they do a church there as well and um one of the things that he told me 
um, a long time ago, my dad, was that um, if if my theology can't work in um, villages outside of Port-au-Prince, Haiti, they can't work here. Right. And so if I were to preach, if God loves you, sure. then you're going to drive that nice car, wearing those nice kicks, wearing that nice watch. How do I preach that in a village in Haiti that right. that we have to provide medicine because right. – they're malnourished. They're eating, but they're malnourished because yeah. they can't get vitamins. Right. You well, know, it, it can't work. If it doesn't work there, then it can't work here. Well, but I think that's the, as gross as this sound, that's the beauty of the control and manipulation that they found. It's not that God doesn't love you and that's why you're not obtaining these things. You are missing the mark. Yeah. And you maybe don't love God enough or don't have enough faith or whatever the thing is they're yeah. pitching. And that's why you should join into our system. Um I mean, if, yeah. if that's not a pyramid scheme, I don't know what is, <laughs> yeah. you know, like we're just, we're just next level, next level, next level. And then one day you'll be in this space where you have money and faith and everything's fine and your kids can go to. Ivy and the League thing and with that is, is that that takes long enough that when somebody actually comes out the other side of that, like, wait, none of this worked. You've already got like 10 more people behind them. Sure. Yeah. And that, that. That pipeline yeah. that it creates. Yeah, it just keeps feeding itself. Yeah. It's a monster. It yes. just eats people and spits them out. And yeah, it, it's totally gross. So uh, just to kind of go back. So do, do you have like maybe a top three things of like when a church stops becoming a church, systematically speaking? Like, oh my gosh, that's a good so question. So like if somebody messaged you today, hey, I can't go to your church. I live three states away. I'll join in on the Zoom every once in a while. I go to this church or I'm thinking about going back to church. Can you give me three red flags I need to watch out for of like, just stay away? Because no church is perfect, right? We say yeah, it all yeah. the time, but like, what are some big red flags? Just run away. Yeah. To me, uh, I, I would think uh, number one, transparency. Are, are they transparent about what they do or don't do? Like, can you, can you show up at their elder meetings or their elder board or whatever, whatever it is? Can you show up? Like, I get that there's like an executive, whatever, where maybe some sensitive stuff. Is there transparency within the church? Do the people know what's happening with the money that's given? That To us, that was really important. On our leadership team, we have people that have been burned in the past about giving large, very generous sums of money, but never having, having no clue of where that money went. Yep. Right. Like no idea what it's being spent on, yeah. no idea who's making what. We're a non-for-profit. We, we legally have to show those numbers. If sure. you ask me, I have to legally give those to you. Sure. That's like a minimum. Right. So for us, it was like, there's no brainer. We, we're going to be completely transparent, you know, with everything. So that was one of the things that like, if somebody asked me that, I'd be like, are they transparent about where the money goes? Sure. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. Number two, is there a cult-like status around the staff? Right. Like <laughs> your pastor, will the church, and I get, this happens because you've got relationships. The people here are here partly because they relate to me. Right. Like that's just how it is. Right. And if you at your church, they were there because they partly relate to you. And right. then you sure. build that relationship with them and it solidifies even more, right? Sure. I get that. That happens anywhere you go. Right. But the difference is, is this thing that we're doing built on me or is it built on you, like your thing? Is it built on a cult of personality? If it's built on a cult of personality, bounce. Right. They could be the greatest um, communicator ever, but they are going to do whatever possible to protect that cult of personality. Sure. Um, I mean, you saw it at um, 
that Dallas church, Matt Chandler, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Nobody knows what nobody knows what was going on. Right. And then all of a sudden he had to step back and you, you know, so sure. and then oh look, he's fine. Right. You know, a month later, <laughs> everything's great. And no one knows why. And nobody yeah. Yeah. So I, and and there may not have really been anything. You right. know, I don't I have no clue. I have no inside anything. I'm over here in Florida. I'm just a little sure. guy. Sure. Um but from the outside looking in, because we've seen it happen over and over and over, the explosion that happens, um, that's always built around a cult of personality because if that thing is built on a person, then that system is going to do everything it possibly can to protect that person because by protecting the person, they're going to protect the brand. Sure. So transparency, is there a cult of personality happening? Um, I would also, uh, for me, this is going to make some people mad maybe <laughs> for me i don't think it's um i don't think it's homophobic or transphobic to land theologically in a non-affirming stance mm-hmm. um i i don't think that's i don't think that's intrinsic that if you if you if you interpret scripture to say i i just don't believe that god it, this is god's best or however you want to sure, word it sure. i don't know that that's intrinsically homophobic or transphobic I think it is homophobic or transphobic to force uh, LGBTQ people into a non-affirming theology. Okay. Um, I do think that. Right. Um, And so for me, if somebody were asking me, can you be a church and hold the doors of the church closed? For, and that, I know that's that's my opinion. Sure. I get you know that's not going to be where everybody lands. But for me, and the space that I'm in, and the people that I work with, um, and I, I know there's going to be I know that there's pushback. I got pushback in my own head about some of that. Yeah, but sure. but just the harm that that causes. Sure. Um, well, mm-hmm. but I think you could even zoom out a little bit and, and just look at it like on any social. Yeah. Uh, should should the church be closing its doors to anyone? Yeah. Or forcing Never. anyone out of their, I don't want to say like identity politics, but just their identities, yeah. you know? Um, because I think to me, that would be a major red flag. Yeah. If now I get when you come into a space uh, and, and they have uh, certain uh, murder is bad. I feel like generally we can all agree yes. on that. Most even outside of the church, that's a, so if someone has like a propensity to want to murder people and that person comes into the church and the church is like, hey, maybe that's unhealthy. Let's try to get you to work out of that. Or alcoholism. Yeah, 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 or yeah. just pick, yeah, your, yeah, pick yeah, your poison. Yeah, yeah. I understand to a point where churches want to help people help people grow yeah. through some of these issues. Yeah. Um, but when it when it comes to, like you said, shifting someone's entire identity based on their particular reading of scripture, mm-hmm. that's when I think it becomes gross. Because how many churches do we know right now? I mean, <laughs> we are we are political, but we have been forced to not be, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. uh, publicly yeah. because of the spaces, the Christian spaces we've been in. Had we told anyone we vote Democrat... <laughs> We wouldn't yeah, exist boom. in those spaces anymore. So we didn't even have to. And, and that's. You'd be Greg I, locked right out of the room. <laughs> right. I wouldn't even say that like that. That's a huge part of our identity. We yeah. just happen to agree with those political stances yeah. more than not. So I guess you could you could maybe if you want to zoom out, I guess what I what I'm really saying, like, is that um, if it's fundamentalist. Right. Bounce. Right. Run. As fast as you can, because that's what that what you're talking about too, right. and that's what I'm talking about too. Right. 
we talked about this last night. You can have a literal literalist view of scripture, right? You you can. You can hold to that like I believe that creation happened this way because sure. Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 said it. And I believe that there was a worldwide flood. There's lots of accounts of worldwide floods. So maybe there's the commonality that like actually something happened that was large, you know, and okay, maybe that happened. And, you know, it's not just a theological story, which is what I hold to. Sure, it's a sure. literal story. Okay. You can have that. And that's not fundamentalist unless you add the fundamentalist and say, no, this is the only way you can read it. And if you yeah. read it any differently than I am, then right. you're wrong. Right. I think that's probably where I'm getting at. Like, sure, sure. We can okay. have a difference of opinion as long as you can say to me, okay, I don't agree with that, but I see how you got there. Sure. sure. And we can just agree to disagree. Right. And, yeah. and ideally, I mean, this is kind of what the ancient Greeks were pushing for is like this open forum of thought should sharpen us. That's, that's the idea of it. I feel like, and I know why it's like this inside the, the evangelical world is they don't value critical thinking and open form of thought because it has the potential to tear down their system. Right? Oh yeah. And, and that's scary. Uh, whether you're a head pastor, a youth pastor, a worship leader, or a state overseer. That's scary to think that the thing that you've built your entire life on, maybe your entire faith on, uh, is so fragile that if we open the forum for critical thought, it could all be torn down. Which to me is like, yeah. if anything, that's the indicator that maybe we should be maybe talking should about be, it. Yeah, right. yeah, I'm with you 100%.